Professor, what is scientism? It's a philosophical idea masquerading as science. It confuses a lot of people, so let's talk about it. Albert Einstein said science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. With that thought in mind, let's analyze where science and the Bible help each other see more clearly and to walk more sure-footedly. Welcome to Truth in the Test Tube. Dr. Ian Hutchinson is chairman of the Department of Nuclear Science and Engineering at the world-famous Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He studies the reactions that occur in the sun and stars, researching ways to generate electricity in ways that will not pollute the environment. His department is rated number one in the United States in its speciality. Dr. Hutchinson recently spoke on the campus of the University of Chicago at a symposium entitled The Redemption of Reason. Redemption literally means buying back or rescuing. Why does reason need to be rescued? A large part of the world's intellectual and educational establishment has been captured or taken prisoner by confused ideas. If we value truth, we need to be rescued from that falsehood. Dr. Hutchinson says, I think it's fair to say that when the relationship between science and faith is discussed today, the dominant view is that they're in conflict. But this characterization is a travesty of the logical and historical relationships that actually exist between these areas of life. What evidence does he have for that statement? He starts with historical evidence. He says the conflict idea was not the majority view until the mid-1800s. At that time, the conflict myth was, in his words, initially promoted largely by those who felt that this was a war that science was in the process of winning, or had already won. If this idea hasn't always been dominant, who made it popular? Probably the best-known proponent of this position was Andrew Dixon White, who published in 1896 the famous book entitled A History of the Warfare of Science with Theology in Christendom. White claimed that theologians stubbornly fought science, but eventually the sheer force of scientific evidence overthrew that resistance and produced greater knowledge and enlightenment. White kept readers' interest by providing a cast of martyrs, heroes and villains, intrigues and battles, and all the elements that go to make a good story. How accurate was this history of the warfare of science with theology? After researching that question extensively, Dr Hutchinson calls it more a compendium of propaganda than a work of scholarship. White was president of a newly founded Cornell University. He and his patron were determined to establish a university in which religious doctrine would have no place. Are you saying that they were biased, that they resolved not to follow the truth wherever it led? Yes, Dr Hutchinson continues, White's book has been shown to be full of errors, misinterpretations, in some cases apparently fabrications. For example, White claimed that 16th century European theologian John Calvin opposed Copernicus's idea that Earth moves around the sun. White's book says Calvin referred to the 93rd Psalm, which says God has fixed the Earth immovable and firm. He claimed the theologian asked, who will venture to place the authority of Copernicus above that of the Holy Spirit? Harvard University historian of astronomy Owen Gingrich comments, 
No doubt White's quotation from Calvin increased the readership of Calvin's works, for it set historians of science off on a frustrated search to find where the Genevan reformer mentioned Copernicus. He never did. So, White made his propaganda points by inventing facts that were not really factual. Yes, and Dr Hutchinson continues, but in spite of his weak scholarship, his campaign to make Christianity look like a loser in a battle with science ultimately succeeded in deceiving much of the public. Does he give an example? Yes. Nobel Prize-winning physicist Dr Stephen Weinberg spoke at the graduation of Dr Hutchinson's son in 2002. The gist of his commencement message was to welcome the students to the Enlightenment, explicitly to disparage all religions as superstition and medievalism while praising science. Although I think White would probably be horrified at Weinberg's position, it seems to me, and evidently to Weinberg, to be the logical conclusion of White's propaganda campaign. If Dr Hutchinson doesn't believe there is warfare between genuine science and genuine Christianity, where is the fight? He answers, we must recognise that insofar as there is a confrontation that could be called warfare, it's a confrontation not so much of detailed facts as of world views. Part of the problem is a confusion between science and scientism. Scientism is not science. How does Dr Hutchinson define scientism? His short definition is the philosophical position that science is all the true knowledge there is. Do some philosophers really believe science is all the true knowledge there is? That no other knowledge exists? Yes. Dr Hutchinson explains scientism is the belief that the methods of science are the only source of true knowledge. Aspects of this belief are called materialism and sometimes naturalism. There is an intellectual confrontation that could reasonably fit the warfare metaphor. It's not between science and theology, however. It's between scientism and other faiths, including Christianity. In other words, much of the so-called warfare between science and faith is caused by misunderstanding or misusing the word science. In part of his lecture that he calls Science Without Scientism, Dr Hutchinson says, I believe that there are some characteristics of science and scientific knowledge that distinguish it from other forms of knowing. Modern science starts with the fundamental presupposition that the world can be described by models which are basically invariant as to time or place. If I do an experiment in one place at one date, it ought to be possible to get the same result if someone else does it somewhere else at some other time. So, the first characteristic of genuine science is reproducibility. Yes. Dr Hutchinson continues, a second characteristic is that science restricts its attention to matters on which it's possible for rational observers to agree on the results of any experiment. The results of a scientific experiment, even if not necessarily its interpretation, have to be in a form that is universally accepted and understood by scientists. I will call this requirement of universal comprehension clarity. So, reproducibility and clarity are the basis on which all genuine science is built. Sometimes scientists claim to have discovered something, but nobody else gets the same results. 
For example, in 1989, two electrochemists called a press conference to announce that they'd achieved controlled fusion at room temperature. Dr. Hutchinson reacts, Now, my own main research interest is in controlled fusion energy, the energy source of the sun and stars. This announcement was as if an aircraft designer had read one day in the morning paper that others were claiming to have discovered anti-gravity. It was a claim that, if true, would make obsolete the whole field in which I was working, but a claim contradictory to many principles of physics. And he continues, We soon could show that there was something fishy about the claims, and no reproducible results. And within less than a year, it was practically settled. So that's an example of the way science relies on the principle of reproducibility to settle matters that are in dispute. One important element of scientism has been dubbed by the late Dr Donald Mackay, nothing buttery. This is the view that if there exists a scientific explanation of a situation, then no other explanation can be valid. What's an example of nothing buttery? We observe that man is a complicated biochemical machine. The nothing buttery interpretation says man is nothing but a complicated biochemical machine. And the innocent sounding phrase nothing but claims it's nonsensical to think about a subject at any level other than the simplest level. Dr. Hutchinson continues, this aspect of scientism is inconsistent with any kind of meaning including the very act of thinking itself. If my brain is nothing but a complicated set of interacting biological components, then there's no justification for attributing any meaning to my thoughts, including the thought I just expressed. So nothing buttery scientism contradicts itself. Dr Hutchinson says, I believe that the way to make sense of the world and to see the scientific and non-scientific descriptions in correct context is to give full credit to the different levels of description. What does he mean by that? He elaborates some of the levels on which a person can describe himself. So yes, I'm an assembly of electrons and quarks. Yes, I'm a mixture of a wide variety of chemical elements, predominantly hydrogen, oxygen and carbon. Yes, I'm a wonderful system of biochemical processes guided by genetic codes. Yes, I'm a vast and astoundingly complex organisation of cooperating cells. Yes, I am a mammal with hair and warm blood. Yes, I am a person, husband, lover, father. Yes, I am a sinner saved by grace. I am all of these things. And not one of them is less true than any other. Not one of these descriptions rules out the others. Once we set scientism aside... So, scientism is not science. Science is not scientism. Right. Genuine science does not claim that science is the only genuine knowledge. Only the mistaken philosophy of scientism believes that. We call our program Truth in the Test Tube, discussing some of the ways that science harmonizes with the Bible. Our staff is available to answer any questions that came to your mind as you listened. To reach us from most countries, email us at truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. 
Again, that's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. If you live in India, we suggest testtube at radio882.com. That's testtube at radio882.com. Wherever you live in God's world, join us again next time for another fascinating discussion here on Truth in the Test Tube.